Welcome back, Turnkey family. We're the Turnkey Brothers, brought to you by Boise Turnkey, and we're back at it again. This is episode 14, and we're so excited to have the investor ladies with us today, Amanda Rockroar and Kylie Osinicki. Amanda has been an amazing educator for her entire career, and all of the skills that she has acquired from going to school and building her career and finally settling back down here in Boise, working at the university, has taught her what it means to be a professional networker. And our second guest, Kylie Osinicki, she is a career-orientated person who was focused on a, the W-2 mindset. She was a selfless server who gave back to her country, and she wanted to do this for the rest of her life until she found a way where she could give back more. And we are so excited for you to hear her story and what she has to offer. These ladies take us through networking and going from zero to 60, walking into that big, scary room full of people you don't know, and then making deep connections with just one person in a bite-sized way that's very scalable. They're also going to take us through adding to your tool belt so that one batarang that you always use, well, once you run out, you still have other means to make your goals a reality. And dudes, finally, these ladies are going to tell us what women want. Who's going to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rock roar, so I can go first. Ah, okay, I love it. <laughs> yeah, where'd you come from? Um, so I'm a Boise native, so I was born and raised here. Super and, rare. Uh, yes, I've talked to a lot of people, and they're like, you're not, not from here? You're actually <laughs> from here? Yeah, I'm like, yep, I went to Mountain View High School. I grew up here. My husband actually also grew up in Meridian. And so when we met each other, it was just kind of like a nice little... Like two Boise natives just coming together. What year did you graduate? Uh, wow. Okay, two thousand eight. So class of two thousand. Actually, a little background story. I was supposed to graduate two thousand nine, and held back. I know. Well, actually, I graduated a year early. Oh yeah, you did. Math. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> Can't math in public. I didn't even graduate. Um, and that was because I, my parents were really strict growing up, and so I was like, well, what's one way to make friends? in a nerdy kind of academic way was go to night school, go to summer school. So I met a lot of friends through that. And um, I got called in junior year and they're like, hey, you have too many credits. You either need to get a job or go to school, um, like college. And I was like, college sounds great. And so I went to Boise State, graduated from there. And um, I graduated with a poli sci major. A lot of people don't know that about me. Um, and then uh, got really involved in college and was a part of the student government. And then um, when I when you get involved, you meet all these professional staff. And that's kind of when my career jump started in higher education. And so I went to grad school for that. Um, so I guess in my background, I've always had an educator background. I've just loved teaching other people and learning from other people and kind of left Boise for a little bit and then met my husband and came back to Boise. And that's a little bit about me and my background. I've never heard someone uh, go over like their educational career and make it sound like you were a professional networker. <laughs> it sounds like you talked to so many people. You had to always be active and present. Yes, you're you're actually right. I never thought about that. Um, I just always loved connecting with other people. I was in part of I was a part of a sorority. I was in a lot of clubs, Naturally. and yeah, so it kind of makes sense why yeah. I just love meeting other people, and it'll make a lot more sense when we start talking about our. Uh, our meetup with the women group. So, yeah, you're okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, professional networkers. So you ended up coming back here, um, and tell us a little bit more, like uh, the story from there. Okay. Um, yeah. So I came back. I was working at the university. I was um, working at the rec center at Boise State. So if, if I look, if you recognize me, that's probably there. And then I stayed there for another couple years, and I worked in housing um, where I oversaw the student residence hall. So. We're on a real estate um, podcast, so how it relates is I was pretty much a property manager for mm -hmm. the university, so I oversaw the different buildings there. Um, never really thought about real estate. Actually, had a really bad taste in my mouth because my parents lost their home in two thousand uh, in the recession in two thousand eight, um, to a foreclosure, and so and in my in the back of my head, uh, real estate was bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because I want to relate this to our listeners. And I know I can share the same experience too. You guys may do different things in life, have d different jobs or different assets, go to school for different things. But when you find what you truly want to do in life, all those experiences matter. You may not think about it in the moment, but those skills that you are building absolutely translate 
into the person you are today. And I think that's so fascinating. <laughs> Professional networker, property manager, getting the real estate space, meeting new people. Educator. Educator, right? I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because of where you're at today. That's fascinating. Great. Yeah. Uh, Kylie, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to sitting in this chair today? Yeah, definitely. Um, I drove. <laughs> Just kidding. Mom <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Nailed it. I uh -huh. am also native to the Boise area. I'm actually from Parma, a little podunk town. Um, joined the military when I was 17 and thought I was going to be in the military for the rest of my career. It was yeah. great. It was who, fun. Who didn't? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, kind of the pinnacle of my military career, I was a Blackhawk Black pilot and it was awesome. It was so much fun, but I... Uh, started educating myself about real estate and realized that there's a lot more than getting a retirement when I'm 65. Like mm -hmm. I can retire a lot sooner and I can have passive income and I can have a lot more time to myself. So as I was working as a pilot and also in HR for the military, um, I was educating myself and my husband and I, Matt, uh, bought our <laughs> first property and we're flipping it while we lived in it. And that's kind of where we got our start. Um, so just wearing a lot of different hats, I guess, like we do now, but a lot of different hats that not necessarily related to real estate. And so some things happened, decided that we should um, both leave our military jobs. Again, we didn't want to wait till we were 65 to retire. Um, so we started looking for new jobs and I became a hard money lender. So I worked for a certain lending and that kind of goes with the synergistic lifestyle that we were both trying to create with real estate. Um, and then we also opened a property management company managing Airbnbs. It's called Your Stay. Mm -hmm. And so we have been growing that as well as me still working at my W-2. But we both got out of the military and have been full real estate ever since. Just listening to you talk about that like boggles my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know we live it every day. But it brings up another good point is that real estate isn't hard, but it is hard work. Uh, and I know there's a bunch of different things that you can get into. You can get into investing in the stock market or buying uh, money market accounts or maybe starting your own business. Maybe it's a froyo business or a walking the dog business. Um, and yes, those are things that you have to learn. But real estate is, to me, I found one of the easiest things that you can start with. All you have to do is buy a house. It's that simple. Yeah. But it comes and with... You have to live somewhere anyways. Yes, you have to live somewhere anyway. Mm -hmm. But it comes with hard work. Because like you said, you had a full-time job, you had to find a property, so you had to network with people you know, to find the right person that could purchase property for you and with you. Um, and then you had to, it sounded like you remodeled the property too, so uh, I know we spent like a year <laughs> doing that, which was a lot of hard work. And it, it happens slowly, but the more you stay consistent with your commitment, uh, the quicker it builds and the more uh, value adds, so that's awesome. And one more thing I want to add, now that I think about it, you're at the pinnacle of your career. Why would you that was even the pinnacle, yeah. Yeah. That was why great. why would you even switch? Can you talk a little bit about why you even decided that, you know what, I need to make a move. This isn't for me. Yeah, definitely. So again, I was kind of talking about educating. And the more I educated myself, the more I realized that a government retirement is not what I wanted. And I did not want to work till I was sixty-five. I want to have more kids and be able to spend time with my family. So how do I get my time back? A government job is not going to give you your time back. It's going to make you work harder as you get promotion. So yeah. that's kind of where I made the change. Like with with education, I discovered that there's more out there. Yep. That brings up another story from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For any of you listeners that have read the book, in the book, he talks about the path the rich, the rich dad takes and the path the poor dad takes. And as the poor dad got more successful in his career, like you as a pilot, for example, the more time you'd have to spend away from your family, the more time you have to spend in school and uh, working for the government. So as your career progresses, you lose more and more time with your family. Whereas the rich dad, as time progressed for him, the more systems he put in place, the more people he brought up into leadership roles and the more time he got back with his family. I think that's super fascinating that you found that in your career early on. And yeah. I think there's actually a, a more important story out here for our listeners to hew in on. And because first of all, like, we all respect the military and we all have friends and family in the military and people that we would die for and people that we know would die for us and are serving for us. Um, we're not saying our way is right and the military way and having that retirement is wrong. It just was wrong for us, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. the three of us. I think what was 
really important and that I want to uh, zone in on is the fact that you identified that maybe this wasn't like even while you're at the pinnacle of your career and you loved what you did, you identified that there are other ways and you started educating yourself and making momentum in those other ways to transition in the case that you had to transition. Things came to light and you already had that path built for you while you were already doing the thing that you were loving to do. So you can have your cake and eat it too. That's the wrong expression, which, which is funny because before we were like, let's all like miss mince expressions. You can eat your cake and have it too. Um, by keeping your W-2 job, by being in the government, by being serving, you know, what have you, but also educating yourself of what maybe a alternate reality would look like for you and building those steps and networking and having that in place in case some life altering event did happen. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that you kind of honed in on is the networking, mm -hmm. like meeting other people that are maybe in that field that you potentially want to go to, seeing how they did it. Where yeah. are they at? Where, where do they want to go? And what resources do they have to help you? And that's another thing that, I mean, the, I know I get the quote, like, Real estate isn't hard. It's just a lot of hard work. And I do I do feel that like we we put a lot more effort into it so other people don't have to. But having the right team around you makes it so easy. Like you guys crushed my Airbnb or my mom's Airbnb, our partnership. Like I don't <laughs> want to be like, oh, it was all me. But um, you guys made that process so easy for me. We had uh, our vendor, our food truck canceled on us. And I hit up your husband, Dan. Yeah. And he had somebody for me in like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. He made my life really easy. It's like the one thing, the one thing is having a network in your life of people that can take these little, like that you can delegate these little things at the last hour. That could have been a really hard thing. Like I would be Googling food trucks or like, mm -hmm. and then trying to negotiate terms with people. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how many people are going to show up, you know? Um, and Dan handled that. Yeah. So it, it can be a lot of hard work. Um, but there's people like us that are taking that hard work away from our clients or our friends or our net, the people that we want to network with. And we're paving the way so they can just coast on a smooth highway. Yeah. You talked about selflessly serving in the military and mm -hmm. how important that was for us. And I think that's why we all joined in the first place because we were we thought to ourselves, how can we give back the most? Right. And now that we've educated and found ourselves uh, networking with others in a real estate I personally believe that we have found a different vehicle that we can selflessly serve more people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really drew us to this path. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. serve people yeah. in a different way. Yep. Like we all have servants hearts. I mean, we all put our hand up and, uh, you know, pledged and then obviously going into higher education and uh, cultivating the future. You know, we all have that passion to yep. give back to people. And this is just a financial, I mean, money exists. Mm -hmm. That's the vehicle we use to transfer goods and services, knowing how to use it and knowing how to keep it and knowing how to put it towards things that will progress society rather than give it to an overarching organization that's going to um, distribute it in ways that maybe you don't see productive to yeah. society. Yeah. So, all right. So, Kylie, that's kind of how you got started in real estate. <laughs> transition. <laughs> Straight <the> dirtiest, transition. <laughs> dirtiest of transitions. <laughs> well, I didn't hear Amanda's side of the story because I know we were talking about your education and, and the skills that you were building to get to where you're at today. How how did you find real estate uh, coming out of your W-2 uh, side? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it started in October 2020. That's kind of the timestamp my husband and I said that we were going to commit to real estate. Um, just in COVID, like many people, it was a hard time for a lot of us. But I think for us, it really had us rethinking about our lives. Um, at that time, I just had our first kid. Maybe she was two months. Um, the bar was shut down. So my husband owns a small business downtown. And, you know, for the longest time, I didn't realize that I was banking on that as our retirement. That was the way that sustained our life. My paycheck was not covering that at all. And when that closed down, I think it made us realize that, um, we had all our eggs in one basket and that was a really scary moment and I didn't want to go back to my job because one I had this new identity as a mother and I kind of like Kylie I was like I want to be here with my child um, and so then once I felt like I was cornered in um, real estate kind of popped up because my husband um, had, was really smart a couple years ago uh, in 2020 14 or something bought a duplex so we had that one rental money coming in and it kind of made us realize like that could be a path for us and so like i got 
started getting educated and learning a lot about different things. And because I have this like, I was learning so much, I wanted to give back to people. I just started posting online of the books that I was reading and saying like, this is what I'm learning. Hopefully you find value into it. And it was just really inspiring me. Um, And then that kind of kickstarted our real estate journey. And um, we started just purchasing and taking action. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us how many properties you have today? Okay, so we have six, 16 smaller multifamily um, oh, the units, sorry. That's like seven properties and then one um, commercial building. Okay. I want to bring this up because you scaled so quickly yeah. in such a short amount of time. <laughs> yep. In a Can year and a half. Can you speak a little? In a year and a half. <laughs> in a year Jeez. and a half, we bought 14 units and that was kind of, looking back at it, I'm like, whoa, that was really quick and we were just doing it. And then now we're the last couple the last year here or so we've been stabilizing and really just slowing down and trying to figure out our systems and processes. Um, but I think when we were we when we saw kind of the light of me leaving my W two, we just went for it. And my husband said, if we had if we got three properties you can leave her your job. And so I'm a goal person. I love goals and I love a challenge. So and you're like, I'll do 15. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll do and 14. We were in contract for our third one, and I, I, I told my job that I was leaving, and and then that contract fell out, and then we're like, nope, we're gonna get another one, and it was Ooh. just like a couple weeks later, we got a, got another one on contract, and so I think just seeing it is kind of a little like believing it, and then seeing it, and then doing it, it was just it made it, it made it happen. How would you fund some of these deals? Yeah, that's a good question. So. Our, the duplex that we had, um, we opened a HELOC on that when we were still living in it. So we had access to that credit line. And then we uh, bought our primary resident. And so we had a HELOC on that as well. So we combined that fund and was able to kind of have cash at hand. Yeah. Uh, we found a partner. Shout out to my mother-in-law, who was like our first private oh, money. Oh. Vendor. And now moms, moms, moms are the best. Are the best. No. Um, we're like, hey, would you be our partner? This is going to be our first property. And she has a, a couple properties herself. Um, but she's very old school, different, like no levering jet debt. Like her mm-hmm. stuff is all paid off. And so oh, um, we went 50-50 cash on a property out in Mountain Home. So Nice. So you scaled by using HELOCs and private money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Were they all conventional loans? Can you talk a little bit about the loan process? Oh, that's a really good question. So once I left my W-2, we learned that conventional loans were not going to be a thing for us anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard real quick. Yep. And then yep. The hard ca- money real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first property we bought all cash and we learned really quickly what it was like to purchase with, the, with cash. So quick, less paperwork, so awesome. But you tie up all your cash in one yeah. property. And so then we bought the next couple with conventional, the next two. And then we our DTI got too high. Then we, I left my job, so no more um, conventional loans. And so we started seeking out hard money lenders. Um, I remember interviewing eight different hard money lenders. I have like a template of questions. And I just Googled, went on the Facebook groups, and like looked up different types of hard money lender, talked to the different people, and then actually landed um, through networking with another person um, with Certain Lending, which is the company that Kylie works for. The power of networking. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to touch on that uh, real briefly, but it sounds like you got about like five units, five doors-ish, conventionally and with cash, yeah. before switching to hard money. Yeah. And then did you go hard money from there on out? Yeah. So we've used the, um, Certain Lending twice now, and then the last refi we just did was through hard money as well. Um, nice. So yeah, I yeah. think- we have accepted that we might not be able to do conventional <laughs> for ever. Forever. <laughs> I think that's a better way to look at it because I think once you when we were like banking on that conventional, mm-hmm. you kind of get pigeonholed into yeah. one idea like this is the only way I can refi. Right. Um, and then you kind of lose out on the different tools and awesome resources out there. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you're stuck in a problem, it really made us think bigger and with different solutions. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I want I want Kylie to open up the veil behind the hard money lending. But from my perspective, like on your side, on the other side of the veil, I've heard people use different uh, hard money lenders or even private lenders, but mostly hard money lenders, and they've not had like the best experience. Oh, and really? Every time I hear somebody talk about certain lending, it's like, oh yeah, we closed so fast, they're easy to work with. They've got a tiered program, like what whatever it is, like they have nothing but good things to say about it. Kylie, can you speak a little bit about? why certain lending has been so awesome and why they've grown so fast. I want to back up a little bit on how I even found certain lending. And it was through our investor meetup. Mm. Um, One of the husbands actually worked there and he had just come back from a a meeting, like a a team meeting for certain lending. 
and he looked so happy. He mm-hmm. was raving about his job and how mm-hmm. much the organization cared for him. And I was in the military, and like, military <laughs> doesn't care for you like that. And so it's just awesome seeing somebody who loved his job so much. And so now working at Certain Lending, um, we're a fintech company, so very heavy on technology side of it as well which makes for a streamlined process everything is online everything's quick um, and I think that's why the process is so easy I think that's why we went with it because like I said we talked to eight different types of hard money lenders went on their website and like they're like email us your property and what your purchase price and all this stuff and I'm like this could be done so much better Mm -hmm. and you go into certain lending and they have a portal that you fill all of this stuff in you just it was so easy. It was easier than getting conventional lending. And so I think it really speaks highly to their like tech program. Mm-hmm. Kelly, how quick can somebody like get a quote from you guys? Like if Amanda's filling it out, how quickly is she getting it back? Uh, we pride ourselves that we'll get you a quote within four business hours, but it's typically an hour, half hour. Sometimes what? we're like texting the person. They're like, <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you're scaling quickly like you have, having another rock star like what you were talking about on your team, like certain lending, mm-hmm. is super beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like conventional. I feel So we got a tool belt, right? Mm-hmm. We're like Batman. Pew, pew, that was <laughs> Spider-Man. Timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Leave it in. Show the audience how dumb I am. Um, so you're Batman. You got your tool belt. And I feel like the Batarang, right, is is kind of like conventional. It's so easy. It's just the go-to. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes you run out of Batarangs and you have to go to something else. And maybe you don't have that. So you got your smoke screen and then, or you got your, your bat zip line thingy. Like there's <laughs> other ways to do it. And that's just, con- it's pivoting. It's like going from what was easy and what's, traditional with the conventional and then going to something else it's uh creative financing or subject Mm -hmm. twos or uh, assumptions or um just listing off different things that you could Mm -hmm. transition Mm -hmm. to but i I love that like the mindset of we may never do conventional again but like you don't need to if you're still if your numbers work your numbers work Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. speaking of tools kylie can you tell us a little bit about (laughs) what it takes to get a hard money loan like so for example conventional like on a multifamily, you need 25% down. On an investment, single family, you need 20% down. Or there's other programs like FHA, if you're going to live in it, or a VA loan, you could do like 3 to 0% down. Can you talk a little bit about what it takes to actually get a hard money loan or what you have to do? Yeah, great question. So for hard money and for DSCR loans or the debt service coverage ratio loans, those are the long-term loans, um, typically you do have to put that 20% down still. Um, but they cannot be owner-occupied, so you cannot have any intention to live in it. Um, but the biggest thing that's different from conventional compared to DSCR or hard money is the paperwork that goes into mm-hmm. it. Like They don't look at your income at all. They don't look at if you have a job or your debt-to-income. So none of that matters, which is huge when you're buying properties. They look at the actual property, making sure that the property is going to make money and that it makes sense for you to purchase. And your credit score. Mm. They will look at your credit yeah. score. Do they do they look at your specific uh, investment style for that property, like the highest and best use for that? So if you're going to convert it to an Airbnb or if you're going to do rent by the room, do they take that into account or do they just look at fair market rents? Yes, they take that into account. So if you're using or if you're going to have the property be a short-term rental, mm-hmm. they use AirDNA to aggregate that data to determine how much that property is going to make that year. If it's a new Airbnb, yeah. Okay. Um, but for long-term rentals, the appraiser actually puts on the appraisal what that fair market rent is. I would say though, like Kylie mentioned, the twenty percent down. I mean, typically on a small multi, you have to put twenty-five down if you're not living in it. So twenty—that's five extra percent that you don't have to put down. That's mm-hmm. still killer for an investor when they're hearing that. That's such a good point. Why would somebody not use hard money then? It's just maybe like. Uh, the interest rate might be a little bit more, but honestly, I don't see why not if it, the numbers work. It's a lot yeah. easier. Can you refinance out of a hard money loan? Yep. Into a conventional if you want to, if your debt to income is better. Yeah. yeah. You just got to pay attention if there's like a pre-penalty or you just got to, mm-hmm. depending on the loan product. Yeah. That sounds like my new go-to tool on the the bat belt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um Especially because, like you mentioned, that 5% is huge uh, for your cash-on-cash returns and the interest rate. What you'd have to do really to see if it makes sense is the interest rate over time. What's the difference between a conventional interest rate and what's the difference between your hard money interest rate? And then how long would it take for that interest rate, that difference, to equate to the 5%? And if you can refinance before that, then you're at a net win. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yeah, oh, yeah, that's huge. And you can you always underwrite your interest rate into the deal anyway. Yeah. If you're buying a million dollar multifamily home, you know, twenty five percent versus twenty percent, that's fifty grand. Yeah. yeah. You know? Seriously. That's yep. half of what it would take to uh furnish it. <laughs> yeah. For an Airbnb. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like we talked a lot about networking and getting to know people and building a rock star team and like identifying these different assets of real estate to make your investment career easier, simpler, and more scalable. Can you guys talk a little bit about that glue that brings you guys all together, the investor glue, and how you got started with that? Yeah, I was just thinking about that because we both started separately, but then we didn't really talk about how we're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I left my W-2 job, I got approached about running this group called The Real Estate Investor, and um, I was just doing it by myself, and in came walking Kylie, and I was like, she is such a nice person. She's awesome. I want to be around her. I need help. <laughs> and so I actually approached her and asked her to be my co-lead. And so that's kind of where our partnership comes. We're both co-leads for the real estate investor group here in Boise. Oh, funny enough. That's actually the same story of how Matt finally asked Kylie out. She just walked in. And he's like, <laughs> you're so nice and I need help. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can you? All right. I want to know a little bit more about Investor, though, because Investor was here before you started, right? Um, no. So I was like, well, yes. It's so, a it's a nationwide group, yeah. but we didn't have a Boise chapter until Amanda. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, Whoa, that's big. Yeah. So the, the real estate investor group is like five years old. It's, it's still a pretty brand new thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was started by Liz and Andressa, two investor women um, who realized that there needed to be a network for women. Totally. Um, and so they created a meetup and then there was like a bunch of women just showing up. And so they, they started, they're like, maybe we should have leaders. And so in their area, they started kind of breaking out and realized it was a huge need just across the country and started this organization where uh, you apply to be a meetup leader and um, talk to them and then they select you and then you can start their, uh, their chapter for them. And is that kind of how you got started then? I'm yeah. Assuming? So all the posting that I was doing about the books I was reading, um, shout out to Jonna Weber, who is our realtor. She saw that I was posting and said, hey, I feel like you would be a really great person for this. You should apply and see if it's something that you're interested in. I was like, well, um, I'm leaving a network of people that I knew. Why not create my own? Um, and so, Gangster. yeah. And I, <laughs> you know, like I said, I was in a sorority. And so it just mm -hmm. kind of felt right and made sense for me. And so um, that's kind of how our chapter started. And that was almost two years ago. June of 2021? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So <laughs> you built the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Until you brought in Kylie then. So Kylie, I, I assume you just started showing up to the meetups and saw yeah. the value. I know Amanda's been posting a lot of content and you're like, man, this is somebody I really need to be around, which shout out to someone like Carter Yoakum when we talked about social media and how powerful that is. Yeah. You get your face in front of so many other people. It's it scales. I want to say faster than money compounds. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's how you got your start with Amanda. Like she's awesome. She's great in this space. I want to meet her and I want to get to network with them. Can you talk a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. So I actually had a friend invite me to the meetup, um, and I loved it. I came home so invigorated. Amanda is a great host. She is a great educator and just makes everybody feel welcomed and appreciated. And obviously she has a ton of experience. So she's somebody that I wanted to be around more, kind of like a fangirl. <laughs> um, I'm a fangirl of her. And so I kept going to the meetup and again, just feeling amazing every single time I would come home, like, Matt, we need to buy like 10 properties. <laughs> I have only gotten 10 more. And so yeah, and that's where um, Amanda approached me because the meetup was growing so quickly. She was bringing in so many new women each month and needed a little bit of help. Honestly, Kylie, I feel like when I asked Kylie to join me, that was when it just kind of skyrocketed. Like, I mean, it was slowly growing with me by mm -hmm. myself, but with Kylie's help, it just blew up. Like, with our powers combined. Yes. <laughs> you know, like we are maxing out our rooms from like, we can only really hold 35, but like, the we last, had 50. We had 50 on the Jeez. last meetup, and yeah. we have been talking about trying to find a new space for our women. And um, But honestly, I think it's because Kylie and I get to combine our ideas, combine our network, combine our resources. And so um, we're, our reach is getting larger, and um, someone's connecting with one of us, at least, or the people in the room and coming back. I'm just trying to think about how many wins you guys have from all the 
people that come to your meetups, all the women that come there and how it's changed their lives. Cause like you were just talking about how it changed your life. You come home like, we've got to buy 10 properties. Yeah. It's so invigorating. Like if you don't get out there and, and let yourself be known to other people and have those conversations, I know it's awkward and it's tough. I'm secretly an introvert at heart, but when you get out there and you start talking to people, uh, it can change your life mm-hmm. uh, for the better. So my question, I guess, leading into this is, do you guys have any like really cool stories or anybody that you know that's come that's like, they started from nothing and now they've just really blown up and or maybe just give some examples on how you've helped people. Kylie, you should Ooh, tell that story with Molly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so at one of our meetups, maybe two months ago, one of the realtors was talking about how she has a seller finance deal that she needs to help her seller get out of. Um, he just needed to sell the property, but if he would have sold it on the MLS, he would have to pay money at closing. So she was just, you know, putting it out there that she's looking for a seller. And we had both talked to another woman in the group that didn't qualify for regular loans because of her debt to income. So she was looking for a property. And so powers combined. (laughs) Um, She actually bought this property, seller financed. Yo, that's so cool. Gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, it's so amazing. Like this, the whole, like actually empowering women, uh, because I know like culturally there's a lot of other ways that women are being empowered or are being told that they're being empowered and you're actually going out there and like bringing them together and net- having them network and introducing them and then introducing them to different ways of uh, using finances or to to make deals happen. Like this is so cool. That's so yeah. important because traditionally, you know, women aren't known to be the ones who would invest or to go out and care so much about like finances. And that's mm-hmm. not like whether it's, uh, systemic societal norms or whatnot. It's just really cool that you guys are impacting so many women and and uplifting so many women in the valley. Like, yeah, kudos I want to you. touch on that because this is very important. What I have found because when I've talked to your group, uh, it's been at places because you guys don't don't invite dudes. Every once in a while, I'll sneak in there, right? Yeah. But it's at other meetups, like the meetup we had this past Saturday, where I was talking to someone that actively goes to your meetup, and her husband was there. And we got to chatting, and he devotes his time to his work and to his money market accounts. So he's already investing for the family in, in the stock market with blue chips. But she has found that she is really interested in real estate. Mm-hmm. So what a perfect opportunity for her to go and learn and be around people who are doing the exact same thing she is doing, yeah. you know, and, and that the story could be different for, for a multitude of people like you, for example, Amanda, your husband is super focused and dedicated to running his business, mm-hmm. the cactus bar, you know? Mm-hmm. So what a great opportunity for you to go in, especially with someone like Kylie to go in and run a, a real estate meetup. Like that's so empowering. And lastly, I want to touch on your story. You talked about somebody finding a seller finance deal. Yeah. Everyone always asks, why can't I get a seller finance deal? Well, can you find me one? Like, yeah. how do I get that? That's how you get it. You go to meetups. You network you with network. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Go to their meetup. Obviously, it's working and it's blowing up. And thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. yeah. Go go, go to their meetup if you're a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a little awkward when guys. Come, yeah, we do have guys show up, but, and we say like anybody's welcome. But the one thing that we ask is that you support the women in the room in their real estate investing journey. And so, whatever that may look like, if that's like funding a deal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being a resource, um, letting them take the stage if when they're asking questions, little things like that um, yeah. can really go far. Yeah, and even the husbands of the women that go there offer opportunities in networking too. Like you, for example, you got the job with certain lending yeah. through networking with the investor. Mm-hmm and finding somebody who worked with for hard money. So you never know what you're going to find. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a huge thing. And that's one thing that we identified with you and Dan is having creating a team together in this venture, like um, not letting finances and not letting investing and not letting your strategy separate the two of you. But maybe you could be doing your own thing, like the blue chip and the real estate but having your own space where you can go and network and do your thing uh, and then bring that back to the relationship and meld it together. So it's not necessarily like we have to do blue chips or we have to do real estate. Like I can go off, do this this thing. You can go out with your boys and do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just bring it together and our portfolio will be 10 X. Oh, so yeah. diverse. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Now you got me super excited about <laughs> your investor meetup. Can you guys tell us like what exactly you guys do? How does it work and why it's become so successful? I'll talk a little bit about the structure Um, So every other month we have a speaker that comes and talks to the group and really gives us their um, educational portion on it. So 
a couple months ago, we had a creative finance guru who blowed our minds about creative finance. We've had a mobile home flipper. Um, uh, yep, that's all that's coming yeah. to mind. <laughs> but every other month we have speakers. And then uh, on those off months, we just have a connection meeting. So Amanda or, or I will give a quick tip at the beginning of our meetup. So whether that's a uh, quick goal setting, um, analyzing a deal, yep. just kind of talking about quick tip about real estate. Um, and then we'll open it up for networking um, on the see and then we started adding things called outings so we have our regular meetups but we realized that women love to connect and they want to build a community and so we started building these more casual meetups like going to coffee or we're thinking about we're going to do a hike we're going to go to a development and look and walk around and so just more casual and not just like sitting in in, in a classroom style feeling sometimes mm-hmm. um, and so that people can build more connections build trust over time and another really, really cool thing that Amanda's really heading oh, is yes. our rookie workshop. So any woman who has one or less property is invited to this workshop. Um, I think we have two spots left. Yes. Maybe. Um, but we are going to be talking about the different types of lending, hard money, conventional, creative, cash, or raising private money. We're going to be talking about burrs, flips, short-term rentals, yeah. long-term rentals, Um yeah, this is like and a three-and-a-half-hour workshop, and whoa. we're trying to squeeze a lot of information. And what we keep telling people, it's more it's not a deep dive. It's just like you're sampling, and you're getting a taste of what investing could look like for you. And and then if something sparks an interest, then diving into into that. Um, we're really excited because we're, we did a survey at the end of the year of like what our women wanted to see, and there was a lot of like how to get started. And so this is really us – meeting the needs of our community is like pe- women want to know how to get started. We want to get women confident in running their numbers because that's a big area where they're not as confident about. And so we're like, well, let's, let's do that. Um, let's run more deals and get more confident in that side. You guys add so much value to these meetups. Like it's not just a, Hey, show up and we're going to talk. Like you bring in people from, I'm pretty sure you guys bring in people from out of state too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We right? do have a an online yeah. uh, syndicator. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So you guys bring in people from across the country, even local people too, mm-hmm. sure, um, to give like workshops, to give presentations, to learn something that maybe they nobody knew before. Because oh, for me, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, that's so true. So bringing in people who are in different uh, parts of real estate uh, can really open people's eyes. Like, that's so interesting. I never mm-hmm. thought about short-term rentals or I never thought about creative financing. That's super awesome. And then you can network after with the people. It's like having a live podcast. Yes. It's like what we're doing right now, <laughs> talking about a specific subject, but then you have the ability to physically talk with the person who is presenting afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're adding workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rookie workshop, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rookie workshop. Wow. Two more two more spots left, right? Yes. When's the suspense to sign up for that? Um. Well, I can't remember the date when it's over uh, for the registration, but our event day is April 8th. So we'll have a wait list. Okay. And so then we'll just tap on those if things happen because we know things will happen. All right. So if you miss it, be be sure to stay tuned and see if they're going to start another one because you won't want to miss getting on the next list. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the people that come and speak at your events, can you talk? You said some of them are creative financing, you said, and some of them come from out of state. Can you talk about a little or some more about some things that they've talked about or something that the listeners might not be aware of, of di- what different speakers bring up? Yeah. We had one which I really love because so our pillars for our organization is real estate, business, and self-care. Mm-hmm. And so when Kylie and I do our yearly goal setting of what we want to bring for the women each year, we're talking about different speakers that kind of go under those umbrellas. And we had one, Heather, who talked about um, analysis paralysis. So just things that people will go through, not just within real estate, but just in life and relating it to, because women love that. We, we find everything uh, that it all connects for us. And so how we're feeling and how we're doing is going to impact how we invest and how we run our business. And so that's really important that we're hitting that mark and not just focused on the real estate part, although we love talking about real estate. But um, we talk about other things outside that. Let's chat that. about uh, the self-care a little bit, because I think that's really important, making sure that they're taking care of their self, like mind, body, spirit kind of mm-hmm. deal. So how do you do that? We have speakers off and on uh, that talk about that kind of section of the the program. But one of the main things when you go to the meetup is just the vibe. Like the vibe is the self-care, energy. uplifting. Yeah. Nice. Um, everybody is friends with everybody. Everybody is excited to come back. They text each other. They hang out outside of the 
outside of the meetup. So I think a lot of it is just the vibe that we put off too. Yeah, and I feel like we're really intentional when when we're structuring our meetup. So what Kylie was talking about our connection meeting, which is just literally a networking event. But I think for some people, when they hear networking, it's like, oh, I have to go. I'm an introvert. I have to go make conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's already like, that's a barrier for someone to show up. And so for us, we we that's why we do a 15 minute tip so that they have something to talk about once we release folks to go and network. And so we'll do a small activity where you get to know the people at the table. So you know at least four people by the time we break you out to talk to other people. Um, And so just thinking about the structure and making sure it's meeting the needs of different types of people so that it's not a barrier for them. Um, The next meetup, I'm going to be talking about systems and processes. Um, Honestly, it's just a simple way of creating habits that are going to help you in your personal life and your business. And that, I think it's a huge self-care piece, um, personally for me. And um, I'm going to do a little bit of segment on that and show the women how that really can um, help you and your business and your personal life. So, uh, yeah, I think what you're saying, like about the networking thing, I think a lot of people think networking is like, I'm going to go up to this room. It's going to be big. It's going to be open. There might be some bottles of water, maybe some drinks, like uh, um, fondue, maybe, you know, (laughs) Uh, I'll just be standing there in this intimidating sea of people that I don't know and I'm supposed to go shake as many hands as I I can um but that's scary and mm-hmm. it's even for me I don't like that situation but I mean I love it cuz I know everybody you never know who you're going to meet and one person can change your life or you can change theirs but it sounds like what you're creating is actually like a group of women and a network of women that are so like empowered and are um building a deeper relationship with each other um, that it's like a, a deep connection where they're, like you said, texting each other throughout the week and they're hanging out outside of this meetup. Mm-hmm. And it's such a warm, welcoming environment where mm-hmm. they not only want to come back, but when somebody new comes to that, it I, I can only imagine that everyone's like, this is our new friend. Mm-hmm. This is our new yeah. sister. Exactly. Like, come on. We got things to talk about. Yeah. We you have guys, to teach you. You guys make it sound fun. Yeah. Usually these things are intimidating. <laughs> and this doesn't sound intimidating at all. No. Like, I want to come. No. Like we hug I want to come much. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We hug, um, I think it's strangers. Everybody who comes in gets a hug from us if we're meeting them for the first time. Actually, the couple, the last couple of meetups we had, someone bring their baby, someone bring their kids, and they just sit, because we're in a restaurant, so kids are allowed, um, and they could sit on the like outside of the family room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had a baby in there because they want to show up. They want to be there and they'll do anything to be there. And for us, that that makes it all worth it for us to create this environment that's going to um, be welcoming for them. There's a lot of great meetups in the area. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like there's so many real estate meetups that are awesome, but just having one that's strictly for women is very unique mm-hmm. and just very, very warm. Like if I go to a different meetup, I'm not going to hug every single person in the room. That's going to be a little bit weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this one is awesome. All right. Well, bringing us out of this conversation, I want to talk about the future. You talked about goal setting and you and Kylie meet up to uh, to try to steer the ship, if you will, yeah. on where Investor is going in the future. Because it sounds like you have to, you guys have to collaborate often in order to provide so much value during each meetup. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you guys steer your ship, the investor ship, and the direction it's going, and where you guys foresee it, like in the future? That's a great question. So we only have twelve meetups a year, and then we only have six speakers because every other one is a networking event. So that really puts maybe a little bit of pressure yeah. on us to get a good speaker and also to get a speaker that's going to relate to the women in the room. Um, so we ask the women what they want, what they want to hear, what they want to learn about. And that helps us guide our ship a little bit as well. Yeah. I think that was the struggle for me starting was like, I'm just picking things that interest me. But as a group grew, I was like, we really need to know what the women want and mm. like what their needs are. It's not just about us. Cause we're, it's, I mean, obviously fun for us, but we really want to meet the needs of the community. And so we have that survey at the end of the year for the meet, uh, for all the ladies to fill out for us. We, I mean, we have a survey there that they can always just let us know what they want. Um, we added this, the outings. And so I think Kylie and I would love to scale even more. Um, but I think even with the two of us, we're realizing that it can't just be the two of us anymore. And so for the future, we're definitely looking to add just more teammates um, to our team add more outings if we can, um, get even bigger and better speakers that meet the needs of the community. Um, 
And add a bigger space as well because we're maximizing our, yes. our maxing out our space. That is the biggest thing is finding a space that really fits our, our vibe and our needs. Yeah. Well, when you do figure out what women want, let me know because I've <laughs> been here 31 years and I still haven't figured that out. <laughs> uh, but you're talking about bringing on new teammates. So mm-hmm. you want to scale you guys, right? You want to add to your collection. I'm sure you have a lot of girls that uh, are women. Sorry. I, I don't know if that's offensive, <laughs> but you have a lot of women, a big pot that you could choose from. But what, what specifically are you looking for to add to your team? Good question. You know, we didn't know we needed this, but this person came in and just kind of like filled this extra thing. Um, but shout out to Tori, who uh, Tori Hurst is an investor. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do a book club. And so she approached Kylie and I was like, hey, I'm reading this book. Would you mind if I advertise this at your group and just made it like a thing? And we're like, sure. And that in itself has grown on its side. So it's like an extension of our meetup. And so sometimes we didn't realize we needed that. But it's, again, fitting another need that our community needed. Um, I think for us, it would probably be someone who can help scale, um, well, in person so that we can, one of us can always be there um, and just maybe help plan more events, I would say. Yeah, plan more events, but also their personality needs to be very welcoming. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to meet and talk to every single person that comes to the meetup. And I know... It, it really adds a personal touch when we can talk to those people. So having another person on our team mm-hmm. would definitely help. Yeah. Got it. One, two, how many, what, how, how big are you going to go? How, oh, wow. how much are you going to scale? To the moon. <laughs> to, to the, the moon. moon. You know what's so We fun? need six. It's our goal to hit three women that are on this team. <laughs> so we're going to do seven this year. <laughs> when I started going to the meetup, there were six people. And so now there's 50. So yeah. And that's a year yeah. and a half. Yeah. So. I think Kylie and I have a lot of conversation. Okay, we're really intentional about like how we grow because we don't want to grow too big. And what we realized, we were like, let's look for a space that can hold 100 people and we can get as many women in the room and, and help support those folks. But then we realized one of the big things that we really love about our meetup is the intimacy and the close-knit. And once you go to 100, like how do you do that? And we had to have a couple conversations scale back and say, actually, I don't think we need a room that fits 100 people. Maybe we only need... 30 to 50 and we actually need to talk to our founders and expand and and go maybe out towards Caldwell and Nampa and so that those women don't have to drive as far Mm. Um, even though we would love for everybody to come to Boise but we just understand that again another barrier for women is um, driving out and so if we could get another person on the team even it's not on our team maybe it's Mm -hmm. just opening another chapter that's going to be helpful for us too because we're thinking about like like, a satellite (laughs) or yeah like or do a lot more virtual stuff because i know some people like say that they can't go so maybe we commit one um speaker to being online even though we love the in-person stuff um and so just trying to make sure that we're um just being intentional. Yeah, because with that, you could do like viewing parties. So like the girls can get together in small groups <laughs> mm-hmm. and then be behind the computer, at, behind the TV watching you. And then they could have like their little group that chats and stuff. Yeah, I like oh, that. Yeah. Instead of the bachelor viewing parties, it's investor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you heard it here first. If you guys, if there are any, is there, if there's anyone out there that wants to add value to a group and wants to be involved, now is your perfect opportunity. You guys have exploded with the amount of value you have brought to all these people within the Valley. And in order to continue to add value, you obviously have to scale and grow who you are as InvestHer, right? So if there's anybody out there, like the Tory example, wanted to do a book club, if there's something that you're passionate about and there's something that you want to add value to, just approach and say, hey, I do X, Y, and Z, and I'm really good at it, and I'd love to see if anybody else is interested. That's such a great opportunity to come in and approach you guys and then shows their character. You guys give us each one tip that our listeners can do today to make their lives 10x better or to make the lives around to make the people's lives around them better. <laughs> I'm going to have to say network. Just talk about what you want, where you're going, what you're interested in because there's so many people around you that are probably interested in the same thing and that can help you out. Okay, that's low-hanging fruit. I'm not going to let you get away with it. So how do people network? Give us one tip of like... Well, there's this really great meetup called Invest Her. (laughs) We would love to have you. I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that, though, because she brings up a good point. So many of our listeners probably don't know this, but Kylie and I also run a couples retreat. And what we have found in the couples retreat that 
once we started talking about our goals and talking about what we wanted to do, it actually lined up with some other people's goals and opportunities. And it's because of those reasons that we were able to team up and and 10X, no, 6X specifically, we 6X <laughs> our couples uh, retreat from the time we started till now. And we never would have gotten to this point uh, had we not spoken about our goals and systems and processes and how we want to move forward. So I Six think that's X, a great- the net worth. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think it's education's great. Like it's good to educate yourself, but it's hard when you don't have anybody to talk um, about that. Mm -hmm. So I think just networking and yeah, meeting new people. It's huge. Yep. Getting yourself open. Amanda? Yeah. I'm going to repeat what I said last time when I was on here, um, kind of taking it to the next step. Once you get to the meetup, just meet one person, get their phone number, and hit them up for coffee. And that's just it. That's all you need to do and get yourself out there. Yes. Follow-up is huge. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest things because you can have a conversation with somebody at a meetup and you'll probably have, for you guys, hundreds of conversations. But let's say you talk to 10 people. You're not going to remember them the next day. Mm -hmm. But if you take the effort to text the person or call the person the next day or two days later and say, hey, let's meet up for coffee, they remember you. And you that's when the relationship and the bonding starts happening. Mm -hmm. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if you can read my shirt, but our friend uh, Tori got uh -huh. us these shirts that says, like, I'll give uh, real estate advice for tacos. <laughs> but, like, honestly, for free. Like, yeah. if you just get us coffee and, like, Kylie and I love to talk about real estate. Not even just us. The other women in the room love talking about real estate. Yeah. So um, just hitting one of them for coffee, they'd love that. Well, thank you guys so much for being on today. If there's uh, any way that people can reach out to you, do you guys have a best way of people getting in touch or asking questions? Yeah, definitely for me, it's Facebook and Instagram, Kylianne Um, And then for Certain Lending is the company, Hard Money and DSCR lender that I work for. Um, so CertainLending.com. And then YourStayBNB.com is our property management company. Nice. Um, you can find me on Instagram, most active on that. Um, but my username is AmandaRockdoor23. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously show up to the investor meetups. Yes, yes. please. Second yeah. Wednesday of every month. Um, right now it's at Lake Una, which is downtown a Bass Restaurant. Um, we'll probably be there for the rest of the year until we figure out where our next location is. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, everyone. We're the Turnkey Brothers, and thanks for tuning in with us today. Guys, make sure to bump up our algorithm with those likes, subscribes, share it with somebody that you think would benefit from this episode. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at Turnkey Brothers. Till next time. <laughs>